Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. Good people, you're invited tonight to the Riverboat Shovel. Good people, we've got rhythm tonight at the Riverboat Shovel. They tell me that slide pipe tutor is grand. Best in Louisiana, so bring your freighter. Come an alligator, that band. Mr. Hawkins on the tenor. Good people, you'll hear Meilenberg joys in a special orchestration. Even Mama Dinah will be there to strut for the boys in a room full of noise. She'll teach you to shuffle it right, so bring your baby. I'll be seeing you at the Riverboat Shuffle tonight. Tonight to the riverboat shovel. Good people, we got rhythm tonight at the riverboat shovel. They tell me that slide pipe tutor is grand. Best Louisiana, bring your freighter, come an alligator that band. Mr. Jordan on the alto. Good people, we got Bilerberg Joyce in a special orchestration. Even Mama Dyla will be there to strut for the boys in a room full of noise. She'll teach you to shovel it right So bring your baby I'll be sitting at the riverboat shovel The riverboat shovel tonight Hoagie Carmichael here on The Humble Farmer Where we will attempt to answer a question during this program Is it possible for a person to eat crackers while making a radio program? You have watched television. You've seen the great television personalities. You've seen Kathleen Shannon, the, how she sits there with a mug out in front of her, her hands are neatly folded on the table when she's not talking. Well, we're going we're gonna to check that out, see if, we can, see if we can eat crackers and make a radio program defying all of the, what do they call it, current knowledge or whatever it is. Long-time radio friend Peggy wrote to me about a boy who is 19 years old. The cerebral cortex has not yet matured. Judgment is faulty until at least the age of 22-23. This is the best reason I have ever seen for keeping boys and girls on separate islands until they are at least 
35.
We'll be brave, Scott Hamilton there. <laughs> what a clever, <laughs> what a clever thing Scott Hamilton is, huh? All those juicy quotes he was getting in there. And you know I enjoy quotes. Humble Farmer here, your buddy Humble, broadcasting to you at this very moment from deep, deep down in the bowels of my solar radiant heated cellar studio. <clears throat> my... Excuse me, my, my solar heated studio is so far down in the ground, it makes Hitler's bunker look like Trump Towers. You have, to, you have to look at it sometime. And here is a comment from my brain guru. This man knows more about the brain than most people in, in the world. He said something regarding my earlier comment about the maturation date of the cerebral cortex. He says, The quote is quite correct, although a little simplified, and executive function is probably a misnomer and actually means something more complex. It is not until around 25 years of age that the brain matures fully. Get that? It is not until around 25 years of age that the brain matures fully and we begin to understand the impact of our actions, the impact our actions have upon others and the world. Some people care more than others just what those impacts might be. Empathy also tends to mature late, and in some cases not at all. All these things are learned in the sense that the training can be thwarted or undermined by experience. Think attack dogs and the children soldiers of Africa. I'd like to thank my friend for that. Isn't it interesting to consider that some of the greatest scientific discoveries, personal fortunes, and works of art were produced by brains that were not yet fully mature? Catching everyone's eye 
You have such a charming manner, sweet and shy. Little old bonnet set in place, and a smile on your face. You're a perfect picture in your lavender and lace. A little bit of business here, a little bit of business there. Bet that you've been window shopping all around the square. Little old lady, time for tea. Here's a kiss, two or three. You're just like that little old lady I hold dear to me. As a side here while I attend to business. Getting down to business now, too. I just heard about a thing on television. They talk about things on television every once in a while that have absolutely no meaning to me, and this is one of them. I heard about this thing on television called the Android Tablet, and of course, I perked right up when I heard it, thinking that one or two Android tablets a day might be good for my arthritis or even my Androids. But later in the day, the Android tablet turned up again when I was Googling something else. So, so I looked for a definition of Android tablet. You might be happy and even surprised to learn that an Android tablet is no more than a tablet computer that runs the Android operating system and that some have a case that resemble the iPad. <laughs> Of course, that means absolutely nothing to most people. And I'm not even going to Google iPad to see what that is because I will probably only be told that an iPad is a poor boy's version of an Android tablet. Exactly like you, you make me feel so grand. I want to give the world to you. You make me understand every foolish little dream I'm dreaming, every scheme I'm scheming. I know why my mother taught me to be true. She meant me for someone exactly like you. 
Yes, you don't have to have all kinds of chops to swing or to sound good. Who was that? That was Diane Crawl, right here on The Humble Farmer. Where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music. What am I, am I losing one of my channels? With any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time, right here on your favorite radio station. Thank you for listening. I am probably in the wrong business because if I were a cop arresting drunken drivers, I would have told Reese Witherspoon that I had never heard of her. You tell me, who in the world has ever heard of Reese Witherspoon? My wife Marsha, the almost perfect woman, Knows the names of all the modern cars? Oh, that's a sign. That's a something rubbish. Calls them all by name. My wife, Marsha, who has never heard of Mr. Wimple, or Senator Claghorn, I'm from the South, the South that is, or my wife has never heard of mine husband, Pierre. My wife, Marsha, says that she has heard of Reese Witherspoon, and this is what amazes me. How in the world could my wife have lived in the same house with me for 20 years and have accumulated all of this useless esoteric knowledge right under my nose, as it were, without having a bit of it rub off on me? I am the humble farmer at gmail.com and I hope you will take the time to write and tell me of similar inexplicable things that have transpired in your household. It's a story of a very unfortunate color man who got rested down in old Hong Kong. He got 20 years privilege taken away from him when he kicked old Buddha's and now he's bobbing the piano just to raise the price Of a ticket to the land of the free Well, he say his home's in Frisco where they send the rice But it's really in Tennessee That's why he say I need someone to love me Need somebody to carry me me home to San Francisco and bury my body there. Oh, I need someone to lend me a $50 bill and then I'll leave Hong Kong far behind me for happiness once again. 
won't someone believe I begin to see that bay again But when I try to leave Sweet opium won't let me fly away I need someone to love me Need somebody to carry me home to San Francisco And bury my body there That's the story of a very unfortunate color man who got rested down in old Hong Kong. He got 20 years privilege taken away from him when he kicked old Buddha's gong. Raise the third on the end there. Put these down and get right back to you. Hoagie. Here on the humble farmer, what has happened? I thought I had just done thirty minutes, but now it says twenty-four minutes. This is not good. I'm seeing things that aren't there, so I will carry on bravely with rant number five for this show. You might have seen this ad that just happened to appear on my computer screen. It says, "He's got the libido of a twenty-year-old." Cambridge scientists have developed a game-changing testosterone booster that will skyrocket performance in the gym and desire in the bedroom. Learn more. (laughs) Think what having the libido of a 20-year-old means. If I may quote my Dear departed mother, it means that you have no more brains than God gave geese. Most of the time you're running in mindless circles, much like a mother cow who has just been separated from her calf. Every night you're out on the town going places you shouldn't go and getting stuck in your car or running out of gas, walking 15 miles to get home from the top of some unknown mountain or some mosquito-infested bog, or going to dances at the Blue Goose or Simonton's Corner or the Bear Trap, all of which ensures that you barely have strength enough to get to work the next day. Even worse, when I was 20, when my ship was in Baltimore, I'd hitchhike home for a weekend in January. Are you listening? I would walk off the ship in Baltimore, Maryland at 5 p.m. and hitchhike 503 miles at night in January. Probably get home around noon on Saturday because I might be standing on the George Washington Bridge or the main turnpike for two hours. Go to a dance Saturday night and on Sunday morning hitchhike from St. George, Maine back to Curtis Bay in Baltimore. All of this is recorded in intimate detail in my diaries, which, when they are published, because of the mandatory spicy affairs with my cleaning wench, written in Swedish, 
should put me right up there with William Byrd and Samuel Pepys, who also recorded their secrets in code. I am 77 years of age. I've been there. I've done that. And I'm going to say, thank you. I'm going to pass on having the libido of a 20-year-old. That would be just like giving... Think about this. Having the libido of a 20-year-old would be just like giving someone permission to stick a tube in your left ear and then suck the entire cranial cavity dry. And if you don't believe what I just said, read a few pages from the diary you kept when you were 20. Ted Weems, what good dancing music. Do, 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 do. Boy, 
makes you want to get right up and, and jump. And now it is time to say thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station, where, with any luck at all, where, with any luck at all, oh, I guess it's in the earphones, it's not in the microphone, where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening. And tell me what you think about this. Wouldn't the number of shoot-ins in this country certainly decrease if everybody cared enough about their own personal safety to continually pack heat? Must we not be ever vigilant? You probably heard about that Alabama guy who went to a party with a gun, you know, to protect himself, and it was a good thing that he did because, well, he ended up killing three people and wounding three others before he felt safe enough to leave. I got a gal who's mighty sweet, big blue eyes and tiny feet. Her name is Rosabelle McGee, and she tips the scales at 303-O-G. But ain't it grand to have a gal so big and fat that when you go to hug her, you don't know where you're at. You have to take a piece of chalk in your hand and hug away some chalk a mark to see where you began one day. I was a-hugging and a-chalking and a-chalking and a-hugging away When I met another fellow with some chalk in his hand A-coming around the other way over the mountain A-coming around the other way said I'm weak My bones don't ache, my joints don't creak But I grow pale and I get limp Every time I see my baby blimp Oh gee, but ain't it grand to have a gal so big and fat That when you go to hug her You don't know where you're at You have to take a piece of chalk in your hand And hug a bit and chalk a mark to see where you began One day I was a-hugging and a-chalking and a-begging her to be my bride When I met another fellow with some chalk in his hand A-coming around the other side Over the mountain A-coming around the other side She's a my wide Chalking up the mark down in Yellowstone Park When I met another fellow with some chalk in his hand Coming around the other side Over the mountain Over the great divide Hoagie A lot of hoagie on this show What does an old man do When he does not have high blood pressure And does have excellent cholesterol levels? Hardwood say 
cholesterol levels. Please remember that to get to that place, I have deprived myself of most anything that's good to eat for eight or so years now. I had one piece of cake for my 77th birthday, which amazed my wife, because she knows I'm pretty strict about what I eat and drink, and seeing me eat that cake surprised her. I paid for it. I didn't feel well after I ate that piece of cake, because sugar affects me like that. But, listen to this, if I knew I was going to perish within a week, I'd eat a quart of butterscotch ice cream with butterscotch, uh, you know, ice cream on it, butterscotch sundae, whatever they call it. I'd eat one of those every day. I have read that ice cream is very high in sugar and saturated fat, and I have no idea what that means, but I'll bet a doctor would say that that's the stuff that kills you. But who would care if they only had a week left anyway? My friend owns an ice cream store, and before I went cold turkey eight years ago, I was eating one or two of the mistakes he brought home for me every day. If there's anything easier or better than eating a quart of ice cream with butterscotch syrup on it, will you please tell me what it is? Could you go eight years without a spoonful of ice cream? Could you go eight years without a bite of sausage or a slice of bacon? Think about this. Imagine how hard it would be to pass up sausage and bacon if your wife fried up a pound of it every morning for bed and breakfast guests. Do you know what it's like to see your guests get up from the table? You know, with their arteries so clogged with cholesterol, they can barely stagger out to get in the car to leave in the morning. And there are still two pieces of bacon that nobody has touched on the serving plate. Could you clean off that breakfast table, carry those pieces of bacon out to the kitchen without eating them? My radio friend Steve, who has heard about the almost perfect woman's cooking prowess, wants to know if my wife's breakfast is a registered weapon. Talk about your woman, I wish you could see mine. Talk about your woman, I wish you could see mine. Every time she starts love, she brings eyesight to the blind. I know her daddy got some money, I can tell by the way she walks. I know her daddy got some money, I can tell by the way she walks. Every time she starts shaking, them dumb begin to talk. Fine. I declare she pretty and the whole state knows she fine. I declare she pretty and 
class, she pretty and whole state knows she fine. Every time she starts love, she bring eyesight to the blind. Ray, no. Mose Allison. I remember well when he came to Camden many, 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 many years ago to play for us in the Bayview Street Garage. He looked around and he said, Anyone lights up one cigarette and I am out of here. <laughs> A long time ago, Mose Allison was already aware of the great hazard of playing six nights a week in smoky bars. And here is a thing from a radio friend in Rockland. He sent me a good thing I wanted to read for you. It was something like this that Professor William wrote to me. It was something like this. Wasn't this was along the same line? Snowmobiles and ATVs are nature's way of chlorinating the gene pool. And the thing I wanted to read for you had something to do with Mendel or Machiavelli. Well, what do you do when you want to find something in your computer? You do a search, right? You type in some letters. So I searched for Machiavelli, hoping that I would find this quote that my radio friend in Rockland sent. But because Machiavelli, well, look at it. It's too long to type. So I only typed M-A-C-H-I-A. And I turned up Machias. I may be wrong, but I think you're wonderful. I may be wrong, but I think you're swell. I like your style, see, I think it's marvelous. I'm always wrong, so how can I tell? All of my shirts are unsightly, all of my ties are a crime. If they're in you, I pick rightly. It's the very first time you came along, see, I think you're wonderful. I may be wrong, but I think you're grand. I may be wrong, but I think you're wonderful. I may be wrong, but I think you're swell. I like your style, see, I think it's marvelous. I'm always wrong, so how can I tell? All of his shirts are unsightly. All of his ties are a crime. If fearing you, he's guessed rightly. It's the very first time you came along, sis. I think you're wonderful I may be wrong But I think you're grand All of my shirts are unsightly, all of my ties are a crime. 
If during you I picked rightly, it's the very first time you came along. Say, I think you're wonderful. I may be wrong, but I think you're grand. Hoagie, already wishing I hadn't eaten those crackers. Let me see if I can get through this next rant. Here is an article probably paid for and written by some agricultural conglomerate in Brazil that touts the benefits of drinking coffee. It was posted on my Facebook page by Peg, my most trustworthy guide to a healthy organic lifestyle. And Peg advocates the moderate use of this indispensable drug. And please do not write to me and explain that coffee is not a drug. I have called drinking coffee doing drugs for years, and I do not need to hear from you or read medical studies to be told what this drug is or what this drug is capable of doing. I can see myself seated at dozens of banquet tables, quickly guzzling two quick cups of of drugs 15 minutes just before going on stage, you know, so I I would not only not fall asleep in front of 300 people, but would be wired, as Tim Sample would say, wired. Drugs can change the thought patterns in one's mind even as people should not make fools of themselves by posting on Facebook after even one alcoholic drink, people in my socioeconomic class should not make fools of themselves by posting on Facebook before doing this mind-elevating drug. I'm still annoyed, however, knowing that after four days on drugs, I am one of those unfortunates who feels like he's having a heart attack. Did you hear what I said? After drinking coffee four days in a row, I have a pain in my chest where lives my heart. It is a classic love-hate relationship. I am married to it, and because I cannot afford a divorce lawyer, I am going to have to live with the drug monkey on my back. Down among Brazilians, coffee beans grow by the billions, so they've got to find those extra cups to fill. They got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. You can't get cherry soda, cause they've got to sell their quota, and the way things are, I guess they never will. They've got a zillion tons of coffee in Brazil. No tea or tomato juice, you'll see. No potato juice, cause the planters down in Santa's all say no, no, no. A politician's daughter was accused of drinking water and was fined a great big $50 bill. They got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. 
made savor. Coffee ketchup gives them flavor. Coffee pickles we outsell the dill. Why they put coffee in the coffee in Brazil? No tea, uh-uh, or tomato juice. You'll see. No potato juice. Cause the planters down in Santa's all say no, no, no. So you'll add to the local color, serving coffee with a cruller. Dunking doesn't take a lot of skill. They got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. Man, they got a gang of coffee in Brazil. Hey, Pedro, get the flashlight. I cannot find the sugar. They they prepared a guy for slaughter when they caught him drinking water. Do do do. Heard that song since I was a little, a little boy. Thank you for listening to the humble farmer here on your favorite radio station. Where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. I am the humble farmer at gmail dot com, and I would love to hear from. You and speaking of the coffee habit, today I fell off the wagon and had my morning cup of shame. I might be unique in admitting that I have a coffee drinking problem. Most of the people you and I know with drinking problems will not admit it. Dick Curlis was perhaps the last person to stand before a crowd, guitar in hand, and say. Howdy, folks! I've not had a drink for three years, two months, and twenty-one days, as of twelve minutes past four this afternoon. You and I have seen good friends die when their liver could take the strain of filtering alcohol no more, and of course, all have different levels of tolerance, so some last longer than others. My present coffee drug habit is related. To the necessity of my abstaining from alcohol, for some perverse reason, I did not drink beer or whatever some careless parent left in the pantry when I was a kid. Although I was the only one in the crowd who didn't. Now I know that the disease of alcoholism is genetically transmitted, and that I have it. So it's a good thing I never started. You might remember hearing me tell that a few years ago, I chugged so many ounces of wine once a day because I read medical evidence that it could contribute to a longer life. And as I recall, a gallon of wine cost around nine dollars, and would last for over a month. During that period, I could empathize with your basic wino. Because you know this well as I do, if you've ever tasted it, there is nothing that tastes nastier than nine dollar a gallon wine, which is why you have to chug it and chase the vile taste out of your mouth with a pint of water. And what I meant to say is that nothing tastes nastier than a nine dollar a gallon bottle of wine. Unless it is the thirty-dollar a bottle of wine that a friend brought over when he learned I was experimenting with 
natural medicines. You will also recall that I had to give up the grape when my body erupted in red sores, probably inaugurated and exacerbated by a previously unknown allergy to alcohol, and it was several weeks before I was on an even keel again. But I finished off the morning cup of shame this morning and realized that I'd better make this week's radio program before I come back to earth. And incapacitated, you know why I am, when I come down, I am incapacitated by a foolish hanging of my nether lip. Old buttermilk sky, I'm a-keepin' my eye peeled on you. What's a good word tonight? Are you gonna be mellow tonight? Oh, buttermilk sky, can't you see my little donkey and me? We're as happy as a Christmas tree, heading for the one I love. I'm going to pop her the question, that question. Do you, darling, do you do? It'll be easy, so easy. If I can only bank on you, oh, buttermilk sky. I'm telling you why, now you know. Keep it in mind tonight. Keep a brushing those clouds from sight. Oh, buttermilk sky. Don't you fail me when I'm needing you most Hang a moon above her hitching post Hitch me to the one I love Papa, the question, that question, do you, darling, do you do? It'll be easy, so easy, if I can only bank on you, oh, buttermilk sky. I'm telling you why, now you know, keep it in mind tonight, keep a brushing those clouds from sight, oh, buttermilk sky. Don't you fail me when I'm needing you most Hang a moon above her hitching post Hitch me to the one I love You can if you try Don't tell me no lie Will you be mellow and bright tonight Oh, buttermilk sky mm, Okay, time for one more tune Ruby Braff playing something Nice work, if you can get it. Thank you for listening. Have you noticed the curious manner in which some news is handled in the United States? When an evangelical Christian blows up an abortion clinic, although he is applauded by his peers, the perpetrator is treated by the media as a unique individual who is mentally ill. You've noticed this. For weeks afterward, as the event is discussed by broadcasters, we do not hear pointed mention of onward Christian soldiers marching as to war. But when a fanatical Muslim sets off a bomb in a crowd, every Muslim 
of every shade, shape, or color is forever and ever indicted. Ha <laughs> ha 